Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world. This is a Design for Living Big Book Meeting of Overeaters Anonymous. My name is Linda C and I am a compulsive eater and your chairperson for today. To open the meeting, let us have a moment of quiet meditation followed by the serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. We start this meeting by remembering our common purpose to extend the heart and hand of the OA Fellowship to those who still suffer. Let us be mindful of OA's unity with diversity policy, which respects our differences yet unites us in the solution to our common problem. Whatever problem you have with food, you're welcome at this meeting. Today, we are delighted to have Kathy F. join us to share her experience, strength and hope, focused on the topic of working with others. I would like to welcome Kathy F. to the group. Welcome. Thank you so much. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, everyone. My name is Kathy F. and I am definitely a food addict. I have no doubt. I am a real food addict. I don't question it. And um, because of the book of Alcoholics Anonymous, I was able to accept my food addiction. I am from another fellowship. Not that that matters because I believe in singleness of purpose, but I had a hard time identifying the food. You know, I was in the other fellowship for quite a bit and I was struggling with the food. I always did, always did struggle with the food. So um, due to, I wanted to lose weight, I came into the program, the beautiful program of OA, and it was because someone was doing this 12 step that I got into the program. So that's why I'm sharing this little bit to show you how important it is. You know, when someone comes, you never know who you're gonna help. Uh, it was a woman I worked with and I, I was crying to her. It was over Easter weekend in 1990. And I was telling her, and I knew, I thought Nancy was in a program, you know, you know the lingo, you know, so I knew something. And when I told her, she took me to my first meeting that Tuesday. I think that was Monday. Um, I did well for a little bit, but I didn't do the book. And I want to stress that I did not do the book with my food addiction. And I paid the price. Uh, I think I was five years abstinent. And, um, you know, we know what happens. I don't have to go into details. We know what happens, you know, because I wasn't accepting. I would sponsor but I wasn't doing it the right way. And that's why this chapter is so important. Um, so I'm back. I'm back about 20 years now. Um, clean abstinent. I weigh and measure because that's what works for me. And sponsorship, that's what works for me. But what works for me more is what this chapter is going to be talking about tonight, you know, or today or the afternoon. And it's working with others. You know, uh, this chapter has 15 pages. So to me, that's telling you it's important. You know, when we think of our 12 step, right, you know, we share this message with others who suffer, you know, the overeater, the, the right message, the pure message, this message, the big book, right? Because it is the message of hope. You know, um, I love this chapter very, very much. And I'm going to tell you why, because I think it's an assignment. And this is my lessons working with others, because I made many a mistake. I'm not going to lie. I made many mistakes as a sponsor. If you didn't call me right on time, you were a minute late. I was ready to fire you. I was ready to read you the right act. I was too much. I was over too much to this extreme, you know, and I had to learn, meet people where they're at, you know, be loving and kind and meet people where they're at. And this chapter really, really drives that home more than anything else. But before I start, I want to read something from page 14. In our book, I don't share, my experience is my experience, but when I'm sharing about the book, I share from the book, and it's page 14, and here's what it says. If I'm an alcoholic, okay, if, if, an alcohol, if a food addict fails to perfect and enlarge in his spiritual life through work and self-sacrifice for others, he could not survive the certain trials and low spots ahead. If he did not work, he would surely, in our case, eat again. And if he did eat again, he, could, he would surely die. Then faith would be dead indeed. With us, it was just that. So to me, that's a warning. It's not saying maybe enhance your spiritual life. It's not saying don't work with others. Be selfish, because that's what I was all my life. So, you know, and we know page 62 talks about that. You know, uh, the alcohol, to me, the first, 
the first step is the easy step, right? You know, I admit it, I'm powerless. My life's unmanageable when I overeat. I know that, you know, I know that from the things that I did. So I had to learn when the food was down, how do I stay abstinent? How do I do what this program's telling me to do? And this tell me to work with others. The first page basically says it. Practical experience shows that nothing will be so much insured immune from drinking as intense work with other food addicts. It works when others fail. This is our 12th suggestion. Carry the message to other food addicts. You can help when no one else can. So this first paragraph is telling me what I have to do. And can I tell you, ladies and gentlemen, it's the truth. No matter what I went through, when I picked up the phone and asked somebody else how they were doing, and if I got out of myself and saw how someone else was, it was amazing. It was amazing. So this step isn't lying, the 12th step. And then it takes, life will take on a new meaning when we work with others. And doesn't it, no matter what we're in, you ever sit across the table from someone and go through the book and you see their eyes sparkle. You see the joy in their face. I don't know about anyone else, but that drugs and food didn't give me that. But this gives me that feeling of, oh my God, God is using me, me, this food addict to help someone else and to be of service to someone else. So that definitely is something I didn't want to miss. And it tells us that we know you don't want to miss this. I don't want anyone to miss this glory of helping someone else and seeing the the highlights of their life and seeing them handle things that they couldn't handle before and seeing them move on. And the best thing is sharing it with others and sponsoring other people, right? We pass it on as one of our co-founders in the other fellowship, Dr. Bob, pass it on. That's what we do here. We pass it on. We can't keep it for ourselves. We have to pass it on. So of course, these chapters, and we know it, it talks about the alcoholic, you know, and it's a little different, but is it? I almost caused car crashes with eating when I bent down to pick up the food. Did I have to go to jail because of my food addiction? No, but I was in my own jail, my jail of I can't stop eating. And I don't know about anyone else, but that is a jail to me. You want to stop and you can't and crying. My last, when I came back 20 years ago, I was crying in the food and I couldn't stop eating. But my sponsor who loved me enough went through this book with me and she told me what I just said, you pass it on. So they're giving us clear instructions. You know, the meeting, the name of your group is a design for living. And here's the design for living. And all of this, the design for living, right? How do I live and be of service? How do I live to have all my experience, everything I went through, the nastiness, the going in the garbage, all the rest of it to help another person? Well, you and I both know another food addict or compulsive overeater will identify with us better than anyone. You know, all my life, and I don't know if anyone has this experience, all the diets, right? Every diet in the world, I could write books on diets, but they didn't get to the spiritual malady. You know, they're all wonderful programs if you're not a food addict, but I'm a food addict and I have to practice these principles in all my affairs. I have to be physically abstinent emotionally the best I can, and of course, spiritually. And to me, the 12 steps, this working with others is the 12 steps. So it tells us exactly what to do. And in this, excuse me, in this chapter, talks about visiting the person at their house, right? Never, 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 did I say never enough? Talk down to a food addict. That's the worst thing we can do. And I did it. And I did it, ladies and gentlemen. I had to make amends. I did it. Don't you know, don't you want this program? You really don't want it. I mean, talk about self-righteousness. You know, I almost get sick when I think about it, how I was. And thank God for sponsorship and the ninth step. I was able to make amends to those ladies, you know, and they, they forgive me, you know, but never talk down, you know. And when you visit people, most of the times, I can honestly say the only time I went to someone's house was when I was doing the work. You know, I didn't go to talk someone out of eating. I ne never came up if I, I don't know what we can talk someone out of eating. You know, I don't know if anyone could talk me out of eating. I always say, call before you pick up, you know, and if you don't, you can call me afterwards and we can talk and see what's going on. You know, again, that not judging them. And of course it tells us here, 
Tell them about your own habits, right? Our eating habits. What did we do? So they understand that we're not judging, that we're there to help. This program is about help. This program is sharing a beautiful message of recovery for people like us that were trapped in the food. Because I was trapped in the food. And I can share that with someone. You know, when we first start out, of course, we talk about the the physical. We have to, right? Because if the food isn't down, for me, this is just me. This is, I don't know if it's always opinion or not. I know I have to be clear of the food before I can do anything else. And really, the doctor opinion says that, but it talks about alcoholism. The, you know, the candidate has to be sober before, you, well, dry before you can help them. So I think for me, if I was still eating, I wouldn't hear what you were, what you were saying. In fact, I wouldn't want to see you. Honestly, that would be my thing. I would make excuses, hang up, screen my phone calls, do all that stuff because I didn't want to hear it when I didn't want, excuse me, when I didn't want to hear it. So we continue to tell them about us. Tell them a little bit about our history and what we did and what we didn't do. I find the, the honest, uh, the more honest I am, the better it is. Because you know what? Just like Dr. Bob and Bill, right? They connected. Why? Because Bill talked about his experience. He didn't talk about his spiritual enlightenment. He talked about his experience. And, and we all know the story, right? Here we are sitting today because of that story and because of what they did. And then if you want, maybe there's an opening. You talk about God. You know, I, I don't run from the, the subject of God. I don't push it down people's throat. But you kind of know when you can and you let them, right? Step two, let them choose their own conception of God. I don't force my God. I don't even tell people what I read in the morning unless they ask me. And if you ask me, I tell you what I do. You know, I think talking this talk, this program is not the answer. It's walking this program. And that means really working and really not having a million sponsees because that's not fair either, right? I have to be available for that person. I have to make sure that I'm going to go through the work with them. and show them the freedom they can have. So I have to be very careful because, you know, when I first came in, I used to wear sponsees on like a badge. I have all these sponsees and I would ignore their calls. I would get mad at them if they didn't do it my way. So where was I helping that person? Where was I working with someone? Where was I being the message of Overeaters Anonymous? I was being the message of arrogance and ego, you know? So I have to be very careful because I'll be honest with you, ladies and gentlemen, I want to help the world. I really want them to know our beautiful program, our 12 steps. I said to someone, I think I should go and tell everybody about the 12 steps and our government. And they said, no, Kathy, you can't do that. You know, you can't do that. Be an example, because this is a beautiful program, a beautiful way of living. Now, it doesn't mean we're not going to have ups and downs, ladies and gentlemen. We are. We're going to have a lot of ups and downs. But what we find, if we go to that power, whatever your power is, Mine was food until God put the food down. So I don't, food doesn't comfort me. Food is not my healer. And I'm able to share that with someone too, because a lot of us, not all, I use food to comfort me. I use food to hide. And I didn't know, you know, I always thought I was greedy. You know, I was this greedy little girl and that's not what I was. I was a food addict. I really believe since the age of nine, you know, it started there, the hiding of the food and different things. So I share that with them. And if do you and you notice when you share honestly, everybody sits and calms down and they hear your heart. We speak the language of the heart. We share our experience. We don't beat them up with it. We share it with them. And if they don't want it, let them have your number and maybe they'll call you and maybe they won't. But if you leave a beautiful message of I'm not here to judge you, if you ever need me, call me. You know, we don't want people not to call any of us because we were too, too much, if you will. So I've learned to, to, I don't know if this makes sense. I'm easy, but I'm firm. I believe what I believe in, but I say it with love. There's a big difference. You can say anything, but if you don't do it with love, it ain't going to work. So they give us instructions what to do, right? And again, this is a lot about the alcoholic coming to your house and different things like that. The sacrifice. Um, how many times have we had to sacrifice to be on the phone with a sponsee or just someone who was struggling with the food and talking to them? They didn't pick up, 
you're talking to them and trying to help them. That's working with others. It doesn't mean sponsor sponsees all the time. It's working with others. You know, when we go to meeting, are we sharing a message of hope? Or do we sit silent because we don't want to talk? Oh, I don't have anything profound to say. I don't want to talk. When we're at a meeting, we're sharing. We're sharing and we're working with others. It's a big, big picture working with others. It's just not a small one. So try to remember that. And, you know, again, show them how this works. And I'm looking at the book just to let you know. I don't have notes. I'm looking at the book because I like to go back and forth with the book because guess what? This book knows more than me. You know, I can share my experience in with the book knowledge, but the book works. And it, it says here on page 95, show them how they work with you. Show them how it works with you. Show them how this program works, you know? And if you can, I always say to people in OA, don't let the alcohol, talking about the alcoholic, because a food addict, well, I never broke furniture. You know, I only broke my heart and other people's heart around me, but I didn't break furniture. But hope is the answer when you're working with others. Hope and honesty. And this is what this chapter talks about. Hope and honesty. And that's what we have to do. And again, if they don't want to talk about God, don't push the God. Don't push it. But be honest, you know, and let them know that works for you. But if you find, because some people don't trust God and thinks God's a punishing God, and that's their right. So you give them the hope, right? Because what's the only requirement for membership? Our third tradition doesn't tell you have to believe. Does not say that. The desire to stop eating compulsively. And that's what you tell them. I throw the third tradition a lot on people so they feel, oh, okay, I don't have to have a God. I don't have to have a religion. I can come in. And of course we say yes, because they have to know we're not a religious program, but they don't know that, you know? So, and I've learned, I don't say these words because it says it right here on 996, convince them that they cannot recover by themselves. There's a gentle way of saying it. And here's how I say it. I tried every way I could. I tried everything I could and I couldn't stop eating. I went to Weight Watchers and so on and so on, wonderful programs. But till I came to OA and worked the steps in the book in my life, I did recover from a seamlessly hopeless disease, my food addiction. And share it as a disease. They're not bad. They're not gluttons. You know, let them know that, you know, if you're a real food addict, once we take the first bite, we all know what the brain says more, more, and that's, and they'll under, they'll relate to that if they're a real food addict. So I don't push anymore. I used to push. I just want them to see my heart and know that they can call me. And I'll say that to them. Call me anytime you want, you know, let me be a beacon of hope for you. Let me be a beacon of this program, this beautiful program of OA, because I can't speak for anyone else, but this program saved my life, you know, we might not die. Well, we can die from food addiction. We all know that, right? Illnesses. But how about being spiritually dead? I was spiritually dead. You know, I only gained a little of the weight. So it wasn't about that. But I was spiritually dead. And I was unhappy. And I was miserable until I went through this book, until I really read this chapter and saw what it meant. It didn't mean taking someone for a ride. That's service, but that's wonderful. It means really working with them giving them the time to go through this book with them and show them the magic of the 12 steps in OA. And on page 97, it talks about, we have to be a good Samaritan every day if need be. And I really believe that. Maximum service. And that's what this is talking about. Not when we hurt ourselves or our family, I don't mean that. But to be a good Samaritan, to be there, to be helpful at a meeting, a Zoom meeting, what we are tonight, sharing your experience, strength, and hope, because it's so, so important. And I just, you know, I can't say enough about the message of hope. And it talks about that. And of course, it talks a little more about the alcoholic, you know, um, thank goodness we don't have all those experiences. And that doesn't happen anymore. 12-step calls are a little different in OA, uh, AA now. So um, what we do, we just share the message. And on page 98, the only condition, and I say this to people, burn the idea into the consciousness of every man that he could get well, regardless of anyone. It doesn't matter about your wife, your husband, your job. None of that matters. This has to be the most important thing in your life. I'm going to say sobriety, abstinence, 
has to be the most important thing in your life. No matter what's going on out here, if you get abstinent, things might not work out the way you want, but they will change. And that's a mess. You're not making promises. You're just sharing about you, how what happened with you when you came into OA and the different things. The only condition is that he trusts in God in clean house. Clean house, our house, my house, inventory and different things like that. And what I've learned to do, sometimes if someone's been around the program, they'll ask about them on do the fourth and fifth step. I try to tell them, let's stay, you know, in the first step. Let's go through the book at the beginning and then we'll go there, you know? So I try to be understanding and because I understand when I came in, I was dying, you know, I was dying spiritually after the relapse I'm talking about. And the doctor's opinion did it for me. I saw the addiction of the food in that chapter more than any of the other chapters. These other chapters are telling me what to do and how to help other people, you know, and take an inventory, making amends and all that. So you stress that to them. And, you know, when you tell them, when they say, I don't believe in God, say, how about believing in the program of OA? How about that? I don't tell people to really sponsors on pedestals because I well I did it I can't say everybody did it but I did that I thought my sponsor was getting me abstinent and it wasn't it wasn't sponsor was very helpful and help because we're we're really a guides sponsors are guides that's what we are we're guides if you want what I have let me help you let me show you a way out let me show you how you can be free and how you can live even eating whatever three meals a day and an MA or whatever you eat whatever your food plan is let me show you, you know, you don't have to go into trigger foods or any, unless they know about that. If they know about their trigger foods, share, talk with them a little bit and maybe share your trigger foods. If someone's brand new to OA, I don't think they'll know about trigger foods. They won't know anything. My husband bothers me. My wife bothers me. If you were married to them, you would eat too. So that's the stuff we have to work through. The blame game has to end with any of the addictions, and especially with food. I'll show you, you ever hear, I'll show you, I'll eat this, I'll get even. Yeah, even sicker. There's no getting even. I get sicker when I show you I'm eating, you know, when I'm not supposed to be eating. So, you know, I found I had to be very careful with a lot of things. I had to go with a lot of love, but I'm willing to do it. And before I do it, and before I even spoke tonight, I invite God in. I invite God in to give a message that he wants me to give. And that's who my higher power is. God doesn't have to be anyone else's because I don't want ego to speak and I don't want pride to speak and look who I am. I don't want any of that. I want my heart to speak because working with others is hard, hard work, if you will. You know, how many times have we seen people relapse and it hurts? Wasn't our fault. Remember, we don't take credit for success or failures. We are not God. We are not responsible for someone else's eating, you know? And I know one sponsor, uh, sponsee blamed me for eating. And I said, I didn't put it in your mouth. You did, you could have called me. So, you know, be careful that uh, I find, I, uh, I don't like, I don't like to baby someone. I don't know if this will make sense. I don't baby them, but I love them, you know, and tell them the truth because love is truth. And you can tell them the truth. And I think that's very, very important. If they don't want to see you again or talk to you again, that's okay. More will be presented to you to help. Remember, if you don't help someone, there's someone else. God sees around the corner. He knows who will be next for you to work with. And I find that worked a lot, a lot for me. You know, just, I took it personally. I, what did I do wrong? And I called my sponsor. Did I say the wrong thing? Did I do the wrong thing? Let's be honest, ladies and gentlemen, if we want to eat, we're going to eat. There's nothing on this green earth that would stop me. You know, that's why the only defense I have against that first bite is a higher power. And I know that, you know, and we've all, well, I've been there, excuse me, many a time, you know, wanting to get that first bite. On page 100, and I think this is really, really beautiful. It's the first full paragraph. Both you and your new man must walk day by day in the path of spiritual progress. If you persist, remarkable things will happen. And isn't that the truth? Remarkable things will happen no matter what's going on outside and let them know that whatever's going on outside, it doesn't matter. And it says, follow the dictation of a higher power 
and you will presently live in a new and wonderful world, no matter what your present circumstances is, no matter what the circumstances is. Doesn't mean if you have to lose a hundred pounds or nobody's talking to you, none of that matters. None of that matters if you remember what you have to do and why you have to do it. So I think that's very important to remember that. Okay. It talks about, I don't avoid, um, when I go to a wedding or anything, uh, when I first got absent and I did bring someone with me because I was unsure for a little bit and that says it in here. You know, we can't avoid bakeries and different things like that, but we can be, we go with our armor, our armor. And you can tell the new person, you know, I went to many a, an affairs with new people just because they needed me to do that and they needed the help, you know? So I did that, you know, to be with them. That's working with others too. You know, there's so much to working with others. I could be here all night, you know, and I've learned that working with others is the best privilege I've ever had in Overeaters Anonymous. It's beautiful and I love it. And I'm so blessed that I had it and I have it. And God uses me to be helpful and to help others. I, I really am, you know, I can't tell you enough about what it's like working with others, but I couldn't give anything away till I had it myself. You know, I had to make sure I'm practicing what I preach, that if I'm going to, you know, talk about the program of recovery, I better have it, right? I better know what I'm talking about. Don't eat, go to meetings, ladies and gentlemen, does not work for me. I need a lot more than that. You know, and I found that out that I need a lot more than don't eat and go to meetings. And then the last page, and I know we're going to read it later on 103, it says it. After all, our problems were but of our own making. And making bottles were only a symptom. Beside, we had to stop fighting anybody or anything. We had to. That's step 10. You know, I don't fight the food. I, I don't have to fight the food. Um, I go with God and I can go anywhere, but I make sure, excuse me, I call before I go. And I share all this stuff with someone like, you know, I remember I was working with this woman and she was absent a couple of months and she was terrified. She had to go to a family wedding. And when she called me, she says, Kathy, what am I going to do? Or, you know, I said, call and see what the menu is. And she did. And she called me back and she stayed absent that night. In fact, she stayed absent for many years afterwards. But there's so many tricks we can show them what we had to do. There's nothing wrong with doing any of that. When we're working with others, we have to have answers when they ask us or ask our sponsor if you don't have an answer, right? Because it's such a wonderful event, you know, sharing with others and working with others and just being helpful and sharing with people. And, you know, I just feel so blessed. I don't know about anyone else, but I feel blessed that I can be used to share on a subject I know about to share on something that I can give hope about, to share on something that I can give love about. And our 12th step tells it, tells us this is what we have to do. We can't do the 12 steps and then leave and never come back again or do the 12 steps and I'm too busy, I'm too this, I'm too that. Now, I do want to say, if you have young kids and you can't sponsor maybe one person, two, that's good, right? That's better than sponsor nobody. Everybody has a life. You know, but make sure, and I had to do this, and I'm saying this for me, not for you, that I wasn't doing it because I didn't want to. Many times I did it because I didn't want I didn't want to. And I paid the price for that, you know, and I saw how selfish I still was. You know, so working with others, yes, a sacrifice, but a good sacrifice. I think it's a beautiful sacrifice. Working with others is helping someone so they can work with others, so it can be passed on. Because I know, you know, I'm 72, I won't be here forever, but I want the message of OA to be here. And I want whoever follows carries this message, the message of hope and love, and that OA works when, for me, when nothing else works. So please, please, if you don't have a sponsee or anything, get a sponsee and go through the book with them. And you are going to have a, you're going to be rocketed into the fourth dimension. I tell you, I mean it. You're going to be like, wow, you know. It's, this is wonderful. So working with others is very much a very, very important part of our foundation. And I truly believe that, you know, I, I clean house, I trust God and I work with others because I want to stay abstinent, lady and gentleman. I want to be here 
you know, for that new sick and suffering, new one who comes on Zoom crying like I did or comes walking in a meeting crying, you know, because they feel hopeless. Let's share with them the joy of Overeaters Anonymous. And, you know, when I came into OA, you know what I noticed most of all? The clear eyes, the beautiful clear eyes. And nobody was eating at that meeting. They were free. And they shared about their struggles, but they shared more about their hope. And working with others is, yeah, you share a little bit, but you share your hope. So um, I feel like God stopped at me. So that means I stop. Thank you all for being here tonight. I love this chapter. Thank you. Thank you very much, Kathy, um, for sharing your experience, strength and hope with us today. We will now be transitioning into a question and answer segment. I'd like to introduce Michael, who is our moderator for today. Over to you, Michael. Thank you, Linda. And thank you, Kathy, for that wonderful share. I am your moderator for this meeting. Uh, I'm a compulsive eater. Our first question submitted is, Kathy, could you tell us what you read in the morning? Um, do you do readings from daily readers? And what is it that you, you do to get started in the morning in your program? I read one OA book just for today, but I do read religious books. I you want to say they're not OA approved or AA approved. I read um, Jesus Calling, Jesus Always, but I do a meditation for 15 minutes on my phone before I do uh, anything. And I like Joyce Myers. I read her and I read Around the Clock by um, Around the Year by Emmett Fox, which was one of the books Bill and Bob read in the beginning before the big book came. So I, I like that book. Um, and I pray, you know, I really, really pray. And I, you know, I talk to other people in the program. I find that helps me. So again, it's not, you know, AA or well, one OA book, but I also read um, from with OA, you know, Upon Awakening, the 11th step. I like that from the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. I read that in the morning. And of course, I get people sending me stuff and I send stuff back, you know, so that works for me. It changes. This has just been a couple of years, these books, so it can change again. I'm open to change. The 11th step tells us that, right? Spiritual leaders might be right. So thank you. Great. Thank you so much. Our next question is, how and when do you start with a new sponsee? Um, do you start with cleaning out their food or a step one or what do you do to actually get started? My first thing is I ask them, do you think you have a problem with food? Do you think you could be an overeater, a food addict? I have went to people's house just to ask that question. I haven't done that a lot, but basically I ask them, you know, let's let's talk a little bit about step one. And for me, the doctor's opinion answers all those questions. So that works for me. Great. Thank you. Next question. You talked about having a lot of sponsees. How does someone know if they have too many sponsees? And um, you know, how do you weigh and measure you know, your sponsee load? I knew when I didn't have time for them, when I was too busy to pick up the phone. And I, I saw after I prayed and asked God to help me, it was all ego. I had too many. It was all ego. So people at the meeting can say, Kathy's my sponsor. Kathy's my sponsor. So I really found for me, and I was neglecting my family. And I knew it was all ego. So it wasn't out of the good of the program. So thank you. Can I just do a quick follow-up with you, Kathy, which is like, how many sponsees do you have now? And what is the number for you that you think is manageable? Okay, let me think. Right now, because I just want to be honest with you, I'm in both programs. So I have sponsees from AA and sponsees from OA. Right now in OA, I have three. Three, yes, I have three. Great, thank you. Okay, next question. Um, this uh, member says, I get disturbed when um, others don't work the program in a way I think they should. How do you manage it when you're disturbed by other people? I mind my business and I leave it to God because I did get into everybody's business because I know the best way. To me, that for me was ego. You know, I realized that I don't know someone's program 
and I and if I'm looking at you, I'm not looking at me. So basically, I really try hard to mind my own business. If they give wrong information about the history, then I, I lovingly might say something, but I don't interfere with a sponsor, sponsee, or someone working their program. Thank you. Next question. You spoke at the beginning of your share about singleness of purpose. Um, can you explain a little bit about what that means and what that means to you? Okay. Like I said, I'm in both programs. When I'm at an AA meeting, I do not talk about my food addiction. Singleness of purpose, right? Is very, very important. I want someone who's at an AA meeting to know I'm talking about alcohol. When I'm at an OA meeting, I talk about the food addiction because I think it's very, very important that we don't water it down. You know, it's um, for me, I, let me just say, I believe in our traditions. I'm very, very tradition-based because that's why we have what we have because the rules, I'm going to say there's rules and I follow the rules today because I know them. Prior to knowing them, I didn't follow them. I broke every tradition there was to break, you know, because I didn't know, but um, I believe in singleness of purpose. Great. Thank you. Um, another member is looking for a sponsor and is having difficulty finding one. Do you have suggestions on the best way to find a sponsor? I would definitely, what she's doing is perfect. That's perfect, what she's doing. Put it out there and ask if anyone's available. You know, um, my meeting, um, my OA meeting on a Sunday morning will say, during enough almost when it's almost over, is anyone here available to talk to a newcomer? Now, it doesn't mean sponsor, but at least to talk to them. And this way, this person, we stay on. We stay on basically what you guys do. You stay on in case, just in case, because you don't know, maybe someone can sponsor, you know, but definitely keep putting it out there. Good advice. Absolutely. Okay. Our next question uh, comes from a member who asked, the chapter talks about walking the path of spiritual progress. And I get disappointed when I think I'm slipping up in my life. I still get emotional and disturbed. Can you talk to this idea of spiritual progress? That's a great, isn't that a great subject? Because I thought I would never feel those feelings again. I never thought I'd get angry again after doing the 12 steps. I never thought anything. I have to remember I'm human. I'm still a human being. And the spiritual path or progress, whatever way you want to do it, is asking God to help me. That's why in the morning, page 86 helps me, helps me to lie my, my will with God's will, you know. And what I'm going to suggest, because I did this, I'm only sharing what I... I used to beat up on myself. My sponsor, I used to, what's wrong with me? I'm not working my program. I don't take it seriously. No, I just went a little backwards. You know, I always say I go back for a visit, but I don't live there anymore. And I am emotional. I'm very emotional. I cry when I read a card and, uh, you know, I'm compassionate. And my sponsor said, Kathy, they're not really bad qualities, you know? So just know their gifts, whoever's you know, ask that question, know that God made you the way he wants you to be and use your gifts to help others. Thank you. Our next question, how do you help people who can't or won't stop compulsive eating while doing the steps? I never had any experience with that. I'm going to be honest with you, but I know a couple of my friends that did. Um, it's very hard, she told me. Now I'm just sharing what she told me. It's very hard because they're not clear. You know, they're not clear. So I have no experience. I'm so sorry. I don't have any experience on that. But I hope I would be loving. And I hope I would say to that person, please, let's do step one again. Let's go back to step one. Are you, do you admit you're powerless? Do you see the unmanageability? So to me, when we do eat again, and this is not a judgment call, people, that when we pick up again, because we really didn't have a clear step one. Just my opinion. Great. Thank you. Next. How do you support a fellow who is in relapse? Okay. Like I was supported. The people in OA did not leave me. They still, my sponsor did not leave me. And when I was ready, she came to, I'm going to use the word rescue. She came to my rescue. Just let them know they can call you whatever time you're allowed. Remember certain times too, you know, you don't want your family to be disturbed and just, you know, again, that step one, 
I honestly believe of all the steps, step one is 100%. If you don't, to me, because I didn't accept step one, not really. And that's why I relapsed. You know, it has to be accepted. With your whole, right? The idea that I could eat like a normal person had to be squashed. Isn't it like the jaywalker? Keep going to get hit by the train or the truck or the whatever. That was me. That's me with my character defects, the jaywalker. Thank you. Our next question is, when you read the big book with a sponsee, how often are you meeting with them to do the readings? Okay. I do it weekly. I work hard and trying to, because I like to be consistent. And we try to, I try to do it weekly. Now I know people go on vacation, different things like that. And then, you know, we, but I do weekly. And it can't always be the same. I'm retired now, so it's a little bit easier for me. But I try to do it weekly. And I've went to their house because my house is crazy. You know, I have my granddaughter here and I have different the cats. And, you know, so I'll go to their house. That doesn't bother me. But I try to meet consistently, you know, if they want to. Now, remember, too, if they don't want to do it, I'm here when you want to come back or when you need me kind of thing. Great. Thank you. Next. How do you help a person develop their food plan? I share mine, what I eat. Now, I'm older and my body has changed over the years. When I first came into OA, I had six small meals. I had three fruits. I had three carbs, but I was younger. It's changed a lot since then. I have two fruits, two carbs, um, and I eat three meals. And not all the time do I have my M.A., I don't like to use the word snack because that kind of, that's like, ooh, cute snack. You know, I can have a snack. Um, so I tell them mine and we'll see what's good for their health. Remember their health too. A lot of people go to nutritionists now. And I think that's a great idea to find out, you know, what you can. Like I, I do well. Protein is very important to me. I eat three um, ounces of protein, which each meal I used to eat four, but I need protein. You know, uh, protein is my friend, but I don't go over that. I could go over with vegetables. I happen to like vegetables more than anything, but I like my cup and my scale, so I don't cheat. <laughs> Great. Kathy, a member asks, can you talk more about your relapse after five years of abstinence and what happened and how you regained your serenity? Okay. What happened, honestly, for me, I came in to lose the weight. I was judging everybody in OA. They didn't know the book you know, because I'm from the mother fellowship and I didn't know I was doing it, but I, and people relapse and thank God, God forgives me. I would judge. I really, a, a sick food addict, I would judge like, who the heck do you think you are lady? And um, I didn't start with favorite foods. Um, I eat rice cakes and I remember I had an extra rice cake and believe it or not, that set me off because guess what happened? Self-will took over. It wasn't about the rice cake. It was about the self-will. And you know what else it was about? I didn't tell my sponsor. I kept it a secret. And that's the worst thing to do. And what happened for me, who's ever asked that question, when I relapsed and it took me a little, I still kept coming to meetings. I would have time, you know, a little, I'd come back, I'd go, go again. And there's nothing worse than that. You know, I was burning the candle both ends, but not telling anyone. That's even worse. And when I finally came clean, and I saw what happened. I was in a store and I opened a bag and I was going around eating, crying. And I honestly wanted to die. I didn't know if I was going to drink again. And I got scared. I really, really got scared because I was 20 years sober at that time. Yeah, about 20 years, maybe a little more. And I thought I was going to drink again. And for whatever reason, I was able to call my sponsor and she got me right into the book. And my serenity did turn, return after the doctor's opinion. It returned when I got honest and asked for God's help before I called my sponsor. Right. How do you know when it's time to drop a sponsee? Um, you know, what are your criteria for when you just feel like this is a waste of your time and that perhaps somebody else needs you and, you know, you don't have the bandwidth because you're working with somebody who's not working their program? I never, we never used, I'm talking, okay, I don't want to do a lot. Let me tell you, when I came into AA, we, ne we didn't do that. We didn't do quit or drop or fire, none of that. And I have a hard time with that. But I hear what you're saying, because there's times you have to for your own sanity, right? For your own, if someone's toxic. And if you're 
you know, if I'm saying the same thing over and over again, and you call me, I relapsed, Kathy, I did, I picked up again, Kathy, you know, there's nothing new I can say. So in a kind, loving way, I said, let me know when you're ready. I said, because I can't, I'm not helping you. And I'll say, maybe I'm the wrong sponsor for you. Maybe you need someone else. Doesn't mean I don't care and love you, but I might be the wrong person for you. Because if someone's calling you every day, Michael, and I picked up again, I picked up and you're on the phone hours every day, basically, or even longer. And I, I'm going to say it. Yes, that's wasting time. Someone else could need you or want you. So I've learned to be kind with those words, but we have to watch our own, right? I don't want to jump in the quicksand with you. Thank you. Next question. How does a person know when they're ready to be a sponsor? Well, my sponsor told me I had to give it back. I'll be honest with you. And I kept saying, oh, I'm just back again. I'm halfway in the book. And she said, I don't care. You've been abstinent. I, I'm going to say maybe three months, Michael. I'm not positive. And she said, you have to give it back or you're going to eat again. And believe it or not, that scared me. So I don't know if we really know when we're ready. But if someone's asking you that question, that means you're ready. That's a signal to me from a higher power. Right. Next question. Do you sponsor fellows more aligned to you, your own history with food, or does it not matter? It doesn't matter to me. It really doesn't matter. I was a, a low bottom food addict. You know what I mean? And a lot of people aren't. But that doesn't mean we can't identify, right? We identify. I find, in all honesty, in the program, you identify with the emotions and the reasoning behind it. Not the food that you had or even the behavior you had, you know, but with the how it hurt your spirit, how it hurt you, you know, and a, a lot of people will identify with me when I say, and I didn't want to, you know, be with my husband. I'd rather eat. And they find that amusing. They like that one the best, you know, because food became my lover. Right. Do you have anything that you feel is like a... a a sort of a most common mistake that people make when becoming sponsors? Is there one thing we should all avoid, you know, as a general guideline or rule? Yes. Don't take it personally. If someone doesn't get abstinent, you did everything you possibly could. We don't make people eat again. Just know that. And I find that's the because when I started, you know, sponsoring, I was like, Oh my God, I don't know how people didn't want to kill me the way I acted. And then when they relapsed, it was my fault. Well, when I relapsed, it was not my sponsor. I have a marvelous, I still have the same sponsor. I have a marvelous sponsor. It wasn't her, it was me. I took self-will back. So I think it's important, you know, this, these are great questions. So let me tell you, I didn't think I'd have any. Great, thank you. Uh, now I'd like to shift to a little bit to... Um... We talked a lot about the sponsee sponsor relationship. What about being a good fellow? Um, can you tell me a little bit about, you know, what that looks like for you? How many how many outreach calls are you doing in a week? Um, you know, are do you have a you know sort of close posse you're you're sort of communicating with all the time, or are you constantly going to newcomers? Is there some George general guideline to get the most out of being a good fellow? It's changed over the years, Michael, and I do have a posse. I definitely do the same people I call, but I try, you know, when I'm at a meeting and I, someone's telling me they're struggling, I will reach out to them, you know, just say I'm here for you and different things like that. But I think it's important that we make ourselves available for new, it doesn't mean you have to sponsor them, be available, be available for them. You know, that's not, that's not a problem to do, be available for them. You know, so I work hard and so it's so easy to get clickish. I'm going to use the word, right? These are my people. But what about that new person that comes on the Zoom or the meeting? And they, we all know what a, a food addict looks like when they first come in. I don't know about you. My eyes were bugging out of my head, you know, like, oh, where am I? You know, I don't know where I am. So I think it's important that we reach out. Hi, is this your first meeting? Are you new here? Simple questions, right? Simple, simple questions. Great. Next question. Um, what do you do when self-will creeps in? I cry. <laughs> I beg God to take it away. I know when it comes in now, you know, because I can tell it's like self-will for me looks like this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'll do that. I'll do that. And I'm orchestrating the whole thing. Right. And then it's like, uh oh, uh oh, Kathy, you're controlling again. 
I want what I want. And I, it comes so clear to me now. Uh, sometimes I go off on self-will and I pay the price. Most times I really, I like to say the third step prayer a lot when self-will comes in. That helps me a lot, you know, so I do that. And you know what else I do? Honestly, I call somebody. I'll call someone and just say, I don't talk about me. I don't say anything. I'll just say, hi, how are you? And at that time, I just need to get out of self, you know, and that's what I do because it creeps in. It ain't gonna, it doesn't go away. It's different, but it doesn't go away. Great. Uh, a member is asking if you might mind sharing your home group details. What is your home group and where are they? Oh, not a problem. It's in Belleville, New Jersey. It's a Sunday morning at nine o'clock. It is on Zoom. We read the book. Um, we go through it. We get guest speakers to come in. Um, Two-week commitment. And when we're, do, when we're going to, into action, it's going to be a three-week because some of the chapters are longer. And I be of service the best way I can by showing up. Right now, I'm the host. Not the host. I'm the, chair per, I'm the chairperson getting uh, the speakers. I do that. For the, we go from, I think it's 26 weeks. So it's till December. I get the speakers. I call like a friendly reminder during the week just to remind you. Um, you speak for 15 minutes. Uh, you know, we read from the book, then you speak for 15 minutes. And people, well, are, we don't ask questions there, but people thank the speaker. So I try to be active. A couple of months ago, I was the co chair. Now I'm the chair. And I also facilitate the business meeting once a month. That's my job. Great. Thank you. Our next question is, um, it sounds like you've visited a lot of people. And was it always by request or did you go in when you thought someone needed help? And I'm going to piggyback on that, Kathy, and ask you also about like how important do you feel that is in a program to actually have face-to-face -face contact with people now that the pandemic is sort of in hopefully in the rear view as opposed to just doing Zoom? I like open meetings. I like our home group, my other fellowship, we are open meetings. Uh, let me tell you, first of all, Zoom saved my life. The pandemic start, um, started right three and a half years ago. And my grandson, who was 19, died of epilepsy. And everything was shut down. But we weren't. We weren't shut down. So that's why I say to anyone, I don't care what's going on in your life. You can do this. And I'll be grateful. I was grateful from the moment I walked in. But over the pandemic, the three and a half years, I really believed God, you know, for most of us, you know, saved my life. And I was able to be on a meeting and a couple of times I cried and, you know, I got nothing but love, but I didn't pick up. And that's the most important thing. But I'll be honest with you. This is great. You know, I have um, sweatpants on that you can't see and a nice top. And um, it's cool, right? You know, I don't have to get if I was speaking at a meeting, I'd be dressed. Let's, uh, that's how I, I was brought up, right? But this is kind of good. So it's kind of, it's still good because we're meeting people from all over the world. How cool is that, right? I mean, you couldn't come to my Belleville, New Jersey group unless we were on Zoom together. So I, I like both. I'll be honest with you. Zoom really saved a lot of people's life and I'm one of them. Thank you. What are your relationships out of program like today compared to what they were before you came into program? With family or with anyone? Anyone. Okay. I'm a lot more understanding. And this is not about bragging. Let me just tell you, I really believe in love and tolerance is our code. And I try real hard to not, if someone's, say my daughter, I have, my daughters are 52 and they were saying something to me. I try to think of where they're at, you know, and I have the program. They don't. I am not a doormat because there is a difference we have to be I have to be careful with that but I am more I think more kinder and more understanding and when I did my uh, fourth step in OA and you know shared it with my sponsor in, in OA the fifth step I saw that I can be a you know what you know everything has to be my way and I hate saying that out loud because that wasn't me I, I thought it wasn't me let me just say that do what I want I mean before I did this meeting I said my granddaughter's next door with her boyfriend I said I'm on a meeting don't yell and I didn't say it nice, so I have to make an amends when I'm finished here, you know, but there's ways of saying things, you know, but um, I got lost with that question. I'm so sorry. I just love this program and I get carried away. But the, for both, I like both, Michael, to be honest with you. I do like hugs and kisses, you know, but people are still and they have the right to be. 
nervous, but I am a better person since the program. And when I wake up with Kathy ruling the show, it's bad. So before I get out of bed, and I'm sorry, I didn't say this. I lie in my bed and I just say, please, God, you walk before me. Don't let Kathy take the show. Because I could start my moaning, my groaning and, you know, not outside because I'm the OA angel, but the house devil. <laughs> I think a lot of us could say that, Kathy. Uh, here's another question for you. Were there relationships in your non-recovery life? So with your family or maybe coworkers or friends beyond program um, that you had to leave behind because they weren't good for your recovery? I work hard and I please don't anyone take this the mean way because I am really not mean spirited. I have to watch drama and toxic relationships. I'm the type I will, I go to the end with you. You know, I'm a loyal to a fault kind of person. I really am. And don't worry, I'll go with you, but you're stepping all over me. And I'm, it's okay. You know, step on one foot. I have another foot. It's okay. No, it's not. So I had to learn in a loving, kind way. Yes, I had to. Some people, I'm, I'm not working anymore, but some coworkers, I had to, you know, maybe not have lunch with them and different things like that. Because my sobriety and my spirituality is so important to me. And I find the more we're on this journey, and probably people can relate to this, I get consequences swiftly. You know, I don't like dirty jokes. I don't listen to dirty jokes. I can't stop you, but I can walk away. I can't tell you to stop, but I can walk away. So I had to start learning to stick up for myself and realize what I can do and what I can't do. Now, anyone who has daughters know what I'm going to say next. My son, no drama. My twins, drama. And I have to be very careful because I'm a savior and I want to get in there and I work hard on, I'll say this to them. I don't want to talk about it. Like if they want to talk about their brother, I'll say, I don't want to talk about it. Let's not do that. And I know I get the cursing behind my back, but that's okay. I didn't feel it, you know? So it's slippery slope, really. Thank you. Uh, we're going to wrap up the questions there. Thank you so much for all of your wit and wisdom today. And I'm going to turn the meeting back over to our chair, Linda C. Thank you, Michael. Oh, thank you very much, Kathy, for, for taking the time to answer those questions. According to our seventh tradition, we are fully self-supporting through our own contributions. As we have now moved to virtual meetings, it's important that we continue to be fully self-supporting. This allows Overeaters Anonymous to continue to carry the message to those who still suffer. You're able to send your donations through through our website at www.ad4l.info. Thank you all for your support. It is much appreciated. A Design for Living Big Book OA is a daily meeting. We are based out of Melbourne, Australia. Um, the recording from today's workshop will be available on our workshop where you can find out about other upcoming events and speakers, visit our website, www.ad4l.info. Our next monthly speak series will be held on Sunday, September 10. The topic is Two Wives. We hope to see you there. In closing, thank you all for your service in coming here today by following the 12 Steps Attending meetings regularly and using the OA tools, we are changing our lives. You will find hope and encouragement in Overeaters Anonymous. To the newcomer, we suggest attending at least six different meetings to learn the many ways OA can help. The opinions expressed here today are those of individual OA members and do not represent OA as a whole. Please remember our commitment to honour each other's anonymity. What you hear here, whom you see here, when you leave here, let it stay here. Let us all reach out by phone or email to newcomers, returning members and each other. Together we get better. To close the meeting, we ask Z to please unmute and read the promises. Uh, see compulsive beta. If we are painstaking about this phase of our development, we will be amazed before we are halfway through. 
we are going to know a new freedom and a new happiness. We will not regret the past, nor wish to shut the door on it. We will comprehend the word serenity, and we will know peace. No matter how far down the scale we have gone, we will see how our experience can benefit others. That feeling of uselessness and self-pity will disappear. We will lose interest in selfish things and gain interest in our fellows. Self-seeking will slip away. Our whole attitude and outlook upon life will change. Fear of people and economic insecurity will leave us. We will intuitively know how to handle situations which used to baffle us. We will suddenly realize that God is doing for us what we could not do for ourselves. Are these extravagant promises? We think not. They are being fulfilled among us, sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly, but they will always materialize if we work for them.